Danielle made a comment uh, when she was praying with the kids about learning to be more like Jesus. That this morning when the kids are in the back section, that, that they would learn to become more like Jesus. And it really is the message of Paul in so many of the letters that he wrote to churches is encouraging not just kids, but encouraging us as adults in our walk with God to truly have our heart's desire to become more like Jesus. We've been in Philippians for our pretty much most of this summer, and uh, we'll probably wrap that letter up in the next few weeks. And if you're sort of tiring of uh, hearing about Paul and his letters, um, we will leave them alone in fall and embark on some other topics and conversations. Paul's letters, it doesn't really matter sometimes which letter you read, they often have recurring themes. Uh, that Paul always is focused on the significance of the cross and the resurrection. That to Paul, the gospel of Jesus Christ is what it is all about. Paul is always encouraging the church of God to walk in a manner that is worthy of being citizens of heaven. So he says to us, it's not just about your doctrine and about the things you might say, well, yes, I believe that. Paul says, how are you actually walking that out day to day? And thirdly, he always warns the church to be on guard against those, um, and I'm almost always he's talking to people in the church, be on guard against those who would seek to change the message in some way, or those whose lifestyle is at odds with our calling as children of God. And maybe that's the focus that he talks about a little bit in this passage. This passage this morning, I'm going to focus on the idea and on the theme of citizenship. The people of Philippi valued being Roman citizens. It would have come with uh, privileges and rights and freedoms that they would have valued. So if Paul begins a conversation talking about citizenship, he would have grabbed their attention real quickly. Now, I know there are some uh, kids in our crowd this morning, and if this works, we'll give it a shot. There are some flags that are going to appear on the screen. If you kind of know the country that the flag belongs to, feel free simply to shout it out. <laughs> okay, so that means that was a really bad idea I had. Uh, but flags tend to identify not only what country you are talking about, sometimes immediately when you see a flag, it brings up a whole bunch of other thoughts and ideas about what that flag stands for. The second last flag that I hoped would have come on the screen was one from North Korea. 
And if you asked people around the world, and maybe even if you asked many North Koreans, when you see that flag, does it fill you with like pride? Or is it about fear and oppression? The last flag I was going to show was the great flag of the country we live in. And it's a simple maple leaf. And yet when you look at it and people around the world look at it, it's not just a flag. It represents those things about that country that we love. Our reputation as Canadians is, generally speaking, a good one. We value our citizenship because the rights and the privileges and the freedoms we experience are actually those rights and freedoms that our country would say we believe in. That there's kind of a direct correlation between what our country says they value and the experience we have as citizens. So Canadian citizenship is envied by millions of people around the world who would love to join us. Paul uses this idea of citizenship as a way of challenging the church, challenging you and me, to think about who we are. And he might say, well, do you primarily, Doug, identify as a Canadian? Or are you willing to identify as an alien and a stranger? And I'm afraid to ask Jeff, so I won't. Some aliens were going to appear on the screen, but apparently they're not. Paul would ask us as a church and as children of God, are we willing to be considered at least to some degree a somewhat peculiar people? Jesus talked actually very little about nationhood. But he talked often about two kingdoms. The kingdom of God and the kingdoms of this world. He talked about citizenship in heaven and citizenship within the definition of man on earth. He talked about wisdom of man and he talked about the wisdom of God. It's clear from the teachings of Jesus, and I think it's clear from the letters of Paul, that these two kingdoms have different values. The kingdoms of this world are, are generally defined by borders, they may, within those borders, embrace specific cultural practices, certain customs within that border, and maybe even some racial similarities. God's kingdom knows no borders, 
God's kingdom is blind to the distinctions that man tends to like to put on himself. Kingdoms of this world often seek actually to differentiate themselves from other kingdoms. The kingdom of God seeks to unite us. That as children of God, as citizens of heaven, we are simply those who worship in spirit and in truth. We are simply those people who have been been united, brought as a church to God as his bride through the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's who we are. So this morning I would say, yes, we are Canadians. I am a Canadian, and I'm happy that God has allowed me to live here. Yes, we are in this world. We live in it. We work in it. We interact in this world every day. But Paul says that as we walk through this world, we need to have a sense, or we should have a sense that, you know what? We don't really fit in. Our mandate as children of God, as citizens of heaven, is not to be a judgmental, finger-pointing, condemning voice. Our battle is really not against sort of the people of this world. Our battle and our challenge as children of God is to persevere as his children. To walk in this world carrying with us the values that are prized as citizens of heaven. So Paul asked us to consider citizenship. Which citizenship is of greatest value to you, Doug? Which citizenship are you kind of most invested in? Which of these two kingdoms, the kingdoms of this world or the kingdom of God, best describes you? Citizens of these two kingdoms often share different values, different ways of thinking. And Paul would say it should identify itself in different ways of living. I was in a Starbucks lineup yesterday. I realize too many of my illustrations come from Starbucks experiences, but I should branch out a little bit. But as I was waiting in line, there were two young boys with, it looked to me like their grandfather. And on the back of this grandfather's t-shirt, it said in big letters, there's a skull in the middle and above it, it said, bikes, booze, broads. And I thought, okay, if I was one of his grandsons, they were about probably eight or nine. The shirt is a bit of a statement. And I don't want to overgeneralize that. I may have to apologize to that man. He might say, well, I just put on the wrong shirt. But it is, to some extent, a comment about values. 
And in that instance, it's a comment about, in a very real way, some of the things that this world seems to value. Philippians 3, 17 to 21. Paul says, brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine. And I know that sounds a bit arrogant of Paul, but in other places, Paul says that is his whole life it is. His desire is to follow the example of Jesus. He says, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. For I have told you often before, and I say it again, and he says this with tears in his eyes to the Philippian church. There are many whose conduct shows that they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. I think some translations might say their God is their belly. And I just want to say that I do not believe that Paul is specifically speaking to people who have a tendency to want to eat more than they should. I think Paul's comment when he says whose God is their appetite, whose God is their belly, he really is saying simply, they seek to desire to fulfill the desires that well up within them, whatever they might be. They brag about shameful things. And they think only about this life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. Pretty much most of our songs that we sang this morning are about that. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. I thought about some of what Paul says here, and if in fact he is talking to people within the church, it's, it's almost surprising that he needs to say some of the things he does. But I mentioned this to Eva yesterday, and, I, and I'm going to share it. Uh, if it's uh, unwise, I apologize. But I was uh, downtown uh, yesterday, and on one of the billboards of a church downtown uh, was the advertisement for a film festival. It's a film festival that ran in conjunction with uh, pride celebrations within Kelowna. And this church was hosting films celebrating every lifestyle other than one man, one woman. And I went to their website and I saw a cross surrounded by rainbow flags. And I want to be careful about what I convey here. God says we need to love not only our enemies, we need to love those who live differently than we do. But as a church, we need to declare that God would say there's a better way.
So I sometimes think some of what Paul talks about actually is very appropriate in 2016. So Paul warns the church about those who claim citizenship in heaven, but whose lives indicate they are fully committed to the things of this world and what it has to offer. Paul says their God is their belly. Their life is about indulging their appetites and desires. They place confidence perhaps in their successes. And he says they even boast about things that are shameful. The the priorities that drive them, and I think this is so true, subtly begin to control them. And whether people may even admit it or not, when Paul says those things have become their gods, it's because that really is what happens. This world tends to offer self-indulgence on virtually every level. It's pretty much like, just go for it. Whatever. This world not only in a way sometimes tolerates sin, it actually makes sin acceptable. And Paul says, if these people are in the church, give them a wide berth. Do not follow them. Follow me, Paul says, and follow the examples of others who are seeking to follow the example of Jesus Christ. And as I thought about this this week, I thought, what are the values? What are the characteristics that identify us as children of God, as citizens of heaven? And I'm just going to put a few things on the screen, and and each one of them could be probably several sermons, but just things that came to my mind, and one, first what I say is, it is our faith in God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. That identifies us, those are things we believe, we hold to be true about everything around us, created by God, We believe that when the Bible describes us as fallen or sinful people, we say, God, you are 100% correct. And so we cling to the cross of forgiveness, a cross of freedom. We cling to the truth of the resurrection. Number two, Sermon on the Mount. As children of God, how we interact with others is probably no more strongly spoken about than when Jesus spoke the Sermon on the Mount. It's about how we interact with others, including our enemies, who Jesus says we are to love. Number three, the fruits of the Spirit of God. That as citizens of heaven, our lives, when other people look at us, if other people were to describe you and describe me, words like kindness, gentleness, patience, self-control, compassion, 
generosity, humility, those things which are evidence that the Spirit of God is alive and well in who we are. Number four, I'm going to say our obedience to God's moral code. That we believe that there is a right way to live and there are ways of living that God would say that is not what I intended. Number five, I'm going to say love for the church. That we intentionally, as children of God, as citizens of heaven, say this is important to me. Not only as we praise God together as his children, it's important for me to encourage the people sitting around me to hang in there as citizens of heaven when the kingdoms of this world would love to drag us in their direction. Jesus said, Matthew 5, 16, let your good deeds shine out for all to see that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Paul says these are the values that identify us as citizens of heaven. These are the values we carry with us as we walk through the kingdoms of this world. These are the values that are supposed to have a nice salty flavor these are the values that should cause us to shine as bright lights. And I observe many Creekside people who are living that out every day. For whom those values describe who they are. And I'm not talking about perfection. I'm talking about their heart before God and their heart before, I'll say, their fellow citizens. And in case we think that it was only Paul that talked about this idea of citizenship, I want to read a passage from 1 Peter chapter 2. Where Peter says, for we are a chosen people. We are royal priests. We are a holy nation. God's very own possession. As a result, we can show others the goodness of God, for he called us out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once we had no identity as a people, now we are God's people. Once we received no mercy, now we have received God's mercy. Dear friends, I warn you, as temporary residents and foreigners, Paul says that's how you need to be thinking of yourself. Keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your own souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Language doesn't get much simpler than that. That even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. This morning, I encourage us to embrace what it means to be children of God. I encourage us to think and to live as citizens of heaven. In a way, our earthly citizenship demands very little of us. 
you know, our country would like us to obey the laws of the land. I think our country would like us to vote. Other than that, uh, it doesn't demand much of it. And the rewards are actually immediate. We kind of live with the rewards of Canadian citizenship almost automatically every day. As citizens of heaven, we may at times need to give up some of our rights, some of our freedoms, some of our privileges. We may at times need to reassess our priorities in life. What is it that most grabs my heart and my mind? Paul says, think of yourself as citizens of heaven because lying in store for us is and are rewards that we have to wait for. So all that conversation when Paul says to persevere, to be steadfast, to run the race, it's because the biggest rewards of our citizenship still lie ahead. But we are citizens of heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. And he will take our weak and our mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to give thanks to you, Almighty God, for who you are. Father, I, I thank you that in a mysterious and in a ways that we don't understand, that you have drawn us to you. That, Father, that the Spirit of God has spoken into our lives about the truth and reality of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you that we are part of a citizenship that knows no boundaries. Father, it's a citizenship that will come from every tribe and every nation of the world for all who are willing to put their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ. And I thank you, God, for your presence within Creekside Church, within this body of believers. Father, I thank you for your presence by the Spirit of God in each one of our lives. Father, help us rejoice in who we are. Help us, God, at times to take our eyes off those things which inevitably, God, fill so much of our day, but in them, Father, may we actually think of ourselves as your children and citizens of heaven. Help us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.